Genesis, just as a starting point, Genesis 22, and I'll be talking about temptation and testing. In Genesis 22, verse 1, and part of verse 2, I'm going to read it from the King James first. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take thy son, thy only son Isaac, and so on. So in the King James, this word here is tempt. In the New King James, it's translated as test. Now this is one particular Hebrew, Hebrew word. I'm going to talk about words for just a few minutes here. And this word here means, it's, well actually it's trans, translated tempt, test, in Young's little translation, it's translated pride. In an American standard, it's translated proof. And the actual Hebrew meaning of the word means to test, to prove, to try. Now there's another Hebrew word that is, I don't know if you ever used the Strong's concordance. It's 974 in the Strong's. And it's an interesting word, and it's translated various places in the Old Testament. And I have, have them in my notes, so we don't have to turn there. But the word is used of testing metal. And the sense of the word is that there is an examination to determine value. Testing the metal, testing the metal. And two scriptures from Job, Job 7, 17, and 18. Job says, What is man that you that you should exalt him, that you should set your heart on him, that you should visit him every morning and test him every moment? So Job didn't have the Bible. Many believe that the book of Job is the oldest book. He didn't have the Bible to read. He could read James. But somehow he knew that even though things were good when he started, and now things are going a different way in his life, he knew that there was something going on. There was a test in his life. And so he says this, that you should test every morning and test every moment. And in Job 23.10, familiar portion of Scripture, but he knows the way that I take, Job says, and when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. So this particular Hebrew word is, is used in Job. It's used with uh, Joseph's brothers. It's used with David. It's used with Solomon. It's used with the children of Israel. It's used with Jeremiah. So it's throughout the Old Testament. Now in English, we have two basic words that we use. And there's a few others. But mainly, it's tempt and test. Those two words. And in the Greek, there's only one Greek word that's used both for the word English word test and tempt. Now the important thing to see is that Satan is doing one thing and God is doing something completely different. Satan is the one who will tempt us it says in James, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted with any man. So the one who comes to tempt is Satan. 
And he comes for the purpose of failure. He does not want the Christian to walk with God. He doesn't want the Christian to become successful in the Lord. He doesn't want the Christian to walk in a way where now their life is a light to the world. He doesn't want the Christian to witness and to, to show forth the gospel of Jesus Christ, Christ to people. So he wants our failure. Satan, that's why the temptation. And he also wants to entice us to sin. So the temptation comes. And he wants to draw us into sin. But, you know, we don't have to give in to temptation. I believe we all have experienced temptation. All of us. But we don't have to give in to temptation. John says in his epistle, he says, and I'll kind of paraphrase it a little bit, this is chapter 2. He says, the reason I'm writing to you is so that you don't sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So the enemy of our soul wants us to sin. He wants us to fail. He doesn't want us to walk with God. He's not interested in that. Now turn to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 2 Peter 2, verse 9. It says, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Isn't that nice? So when we're tempted, the Lord sees. And he knows how to, to deliver the godly out of temptation. And it's interesting that when I look this word up, I use a certain interlinear, and it gives you all the, the English words and the Greek words. And the word how is not in the Greek. It says here, the Lord knows how. Now, that's a good translation, because the Lord does know how to deliver his people. But he also knows when to deliver them. So he will, he will see to it that we're in a thing, a situation, a circumstance, and the temptation comes. And see, even though the enemy is tempting us, the Lord wants us to be able to stand. He wants us to be able to develop and become strong and to resist the enemy. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, turn there, I'm going to show you this verse. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So, you know, the, the person that's in the temptation, sometimes you hear people say, you say, you don't understand what I'm going through. I might not understand exactly your circumstance. But see, I have been tempted. You have been tempted. We all have experienced. That's what the enemy does. It's common to man. But I like the next part of the verse. It says, but God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful to us. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able? I remember years ago, I was a young Christian and I was in the military and I had no choice in the matter. I was in a particular place and 
things were just what was going on, the ungodliness and, and the sin and the wickedness. I said, Lord, I don't know if I can take this. I don't know if I'll be able to make it. I was very concerned. And you know, there's a verse in Isaiah that says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that God will raise a standard against him. And so that's what happened at that time. Uh, Lord knew. He's faithful. He knew I wasn't going to be able to stand the test of temptation. And so he raised the standard against the enemy for me. And I was able to get through that. But you know, after you walk with God for so many years, and you begin to, to mature, you begin to grow, you may be in a temptation, and God may not raise up a standard against the enemy for you. He may say, well, now you're growing a little bit. Learn to say no to the temptation. Don't give in to the temptation. I've worked in your life. I've worked in your heart. There, you, you say no. But if it's a temptation like it was for me at that time, it was almost overwhelming. The Lord raises his hand. He's there. He's faithful. So he says, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make, that word's future, future tense, will make a way of escape. Isn't that pretty good? The Lord will make a way of escape for being tempted. But see, the way of escape, most of the time, is not immediate. And the rest of the verse bears this out. That you may be able to bear it. Remember in, in James, he says, but let patience have its perfect work. See, so there's a work going on. There's a work there that the Lord is doing. And one of my Bible teachers years ago, I remember him saying this, he says, God is working a work. And that work is on you. <laughs> and so... I didn't quite understand what he was saying then, but I learned later on what he was talking about. So exposure to evil is not a bad thing. I mean, you don't want to do that on your own, to, to go to a place you know, where you would be tempted. But just walking with the Lord, you'll move into certain circumstances and you'll be tempted. But that's not a bad thing. God is in control, like it says in the verse. Now, I'm going to show you something. This, this verse, or these verses, for me, have been invaluable and have helped me so much in times of temptation and testing. Turn to, to Mark, or no, Matthew, Matthew 4. Matthew 4, I'm going to ask you a question. Verse 3. Now, when the tempter came to, to him, Jesus, so... Who is tempting Jesus here? Satan. Very clear. We know this. In verse 1, it says this. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. So this is a leading of the Spirit for Jesus into the wilderness. So whenever you see he is being led by the Spirit that tells you that God is involved in this. 
God is involved in what's going on. The Spirit is leading him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So, for me, I see this, and I, maybe you probably know this, I don't know, but we can be in a circumstance, and we can be tempted by the devil, and we can be being tested by God in the same circumstance. I remember years ago, the Lord showed me, I was teaching in the book of Ruth and from Genesis, and the Lord brought my attention to Corinthians, where Paul says, seek not a wife, I'm a single. And so I said, okay, Lord, I see this truth, I see it here in Ruth, and whatever. I said, okay, you're showing me this, that's what I'll do, I'll not seek a wife. Well, at the time, I was working for the post office, I was driving a truck in Pittsburgh, going in and out of the building, and went into one building, and lo and behold, I met a Christian girl, Right there. Wow. You would think, wow, the Lord led me to this. It wasn't for leading the Lord. I knew it. I knew the Lord was testing seek not a wife in my life. And then I had gone to a Bible study. A guy called me from North Hill and said, You come out to Bible study. I said, Okay. I went out there. I met another Christian girl. And the Lord said, Don't even talk to them. Don't, not, not, you know, so not to be ignorant, but just stay away. And then the thought comes to my mind, well, they're a Christian, they're cute, pretty, get their phone number, the Lord will bless them. And I knew where that came from. That was the temptation to be drawn away from what the Lord had shown me. So Satan was tempting me, and this went on for a long time. Same thing, over and over again. Satan was tempting me, and the Lord was testing me to see if I was going to trust in him to provide a way, if I was going to trust in him not to seek after what I saw, but just to wait and let him provide. And what a story that was. Lo and behold, she comes from California. <laughs> California. And was much more beautiful than the two other two. Absolutely. <laughs> so the same circumstance, in a circumstance, that's not always the case, but in a circumstance, we can be tempted and tested in the same particular thing. Now I want to go to Luke and show you the same account where Jesus goes into the wilderness in Luke chapter 4. Luke 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then he goes through these different things. Remember I said before, God knows how to deliver the, the God out of temptation, and he knows when. Now Jesus didn't fast for ten days, and experienced one temptation, he fasted for 40 days and experienced three temptations. Then, when that time, the period of time was still, then he, that was over. He came out of that. In verse 13, now when the devil had ended every temptation, uh, the King James says he departed from him for a season. The New King James here says that he departed 
from you until an opportune time. Verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out to all surrounding regions. So Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit in verse 1. And many times you hear Christians say, well, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power, you can get the power. Well, there's an element of truth in that. That's true. But, he received the Holy Spirit, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted, he went through the temptation and the test, he's faithful to the law. Now he comes out with something he did not go in with, and that he came out with the power of the Spirit. Power to heal blind eyes, not just physically, but spiritually. Power to heal deaf ears, not just physically, but spiritually. He came out in the power of the Spirit to lay down his life for everyone, every day. And you see that right away. He goes and chooses his disciples, and then he says, come on, follow me. Then he lays down his life all the time. The power of the Spirit. So, testing can do in us what nothing else can do. See, the Lord wants you and I to become something in Him. Now, we are something, yes. But what I mean is that He wants to put His character, godly character, into you and I. He wants us to develop and to mature as Christians. That's why the tests. That's why our faith is tested. See, God doesn't waste his time doing all these things that mean nothing. He's very, very specific. He's very, very, you know, he has these certain arrangements, and these arrangements produce certain things. As long as we, as Christians, me, as long as I'm able to walk with the Lord and stay faithful to him in the temptation, in the test, whatever, whatever it is that's coming my way, being faithful to him in that. Well, if, if we're faithful and we're surrendered, the Lord can do quite a bit in the heart. Quite a bit. In Deuteronomy, just turn there for a few minutes. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but in Exodus, you had the, the children of Israel who were brought out of the uh, Egypt. And they were in the desert, you know, 40 years and so on. And we know the story of what happened. They, they died in the wilderness. Now when you come to Deuteronomy, now you have those who were below the age of 20, the, the children that were there, the young people, who now, all, all the parents, all those who were disobedient and unbelief, they, they die, they're out of the, the picture, so to speak. Now the next generation is coming up, and now the Lord's in Deuteronomy, he's rehearsing certain things to them, telling them certain things, and bringing out certain things that happen, bringing that to their attention. And so he says here, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these forty years in the wilderness. Well, why did he lead them in the wilderness? He says here, To humble you. Well, that's a good thing. Now, people don't want to be humble. You go in the world, people don't want to be humble. In the world, they want to be you know, on top. 
ways of God, if you want to have something in God, let him take you down. Let him humble you. And he's pretty darn good at doing that, by the way. I could share some stories, but we don't have time. You know, he, he, can, he does that to produce a certain heart condition in us that's not lifted up. Rather, it's, it's down, down, down. So that's where Jesus walked. Jesus was humble. That's where he walks. You want to walk with Jesus? I want to walk with Jesus. Well, he's not walking way up here in the high places where people, you know, are, are high and proud. No, he's in the humble place. So he's trying to get them to walk with him, to humble you, and to test you. That was one of the purpose, one of the things the Lord was doing there in the wilderness with people. To know what was in your heart. Now the Lord already knows what's in our heart, right? But sometimes we don't know what's in our heart. So he was trying to show them. To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Verse 16. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna. This is a very strange thing when he Says, which your fathers did not know. See, they went out and they collected the manna every day, physical manna. But he says here that they didn't know. They didn't know the real manna. They didn't know. We fed you in the woods with manna, which your fathers did not know. They didn't know the feeding. They didn't understand it. That he might humble you and that he might test you. Why? Well, there's another clue here. To do you good in the end, or your latter end. See, the Lord is always interested in our good. He wants the best, the very best for us. So they didn't understand. They were tested with food, with the manna. He led them to the Red Sea, you remember? And here they have the sea behind them. Now Pharaoh's army is going to keep the test to see if they were going to turn to him, to see if they were going to, you know, trust the Lord. Instead, they say, you know, better you know, bring us out here to die, Moses. Better just stay back in Egypt. And he led them three days and no water. Test. In Proverbs 17, 3, it says this. The refining pot is for silver. Praise the Lord. And the furnace is for gold. But the Lord tests the heart. I love that. He tests the metal. Remember the word I was talking about? Testing the metal? The gold, the silver. See, all that is tested. You want pure gold? You want to buy pure gold? Well, that goes through a process, you know. And we're no different. I mean, we go through certain processes, I hope. So that the impurities come up. And you know, sometimes you know we think that we're okay, everything's fine, and we might be for where we are, but you get the right set of circumstances, God. The right thing to push you, pressure you, tribulate you. Not you, anybody. Then we find out something. We find out sometimes there's things in our heart that we didn't know. And this thing comes out. So where'd that come from? <laughs> well, the Lord knew it was there all the time. That's a little bit of the dross that's coming up because it's scooping away. Is this here? Oh, okay. Yeah. In Revelation, turn to Revelation 2. It's nice to walk with God. 
Because if we stay nice and close to him, there's nothing we have to be worried about, concerned about, if you know what I'm saying. He'll be there, he'll help us, he'll give us what, what we need, he'll provide for us, he'll take care of certain things maybe that uh, we may not want. I mean, how many how many here have ever prayed for the Lord to test them? Lord, I haven't gone through a test for a while. How about sending you? We don't really need to pray that you know that, right? Yeah, you know, the Lord will, he does what he does. But you know David, David prayed that. In uh, Psalm 26, 2, examine me, O Lord, and prove me, David says. Try my mind and my heart. But David knew something. He, he knew that there, there were things in him that maybe weren't purified yet. So, Lord, try my heart, test my heart, test my mind, test my heart. In Revelation 2, verse 8, this is. Of all the churches in Revelation, this is the only church where Jesus had nothing negative at all to say about them. And the interesting thing is that this is the, of all the churches, this is the persecuted church. I thought that was interesting. Church of Smyrna, verse 10. Jesus said, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. Do not fear those things which you are about to suffer. I believe that the Christian who suffers little has little to give. Not that we try to create our own suffering, but the Lord, if you're walking with Him, you'll run into things. Certain things come our way, whether we want them or not. And the Lord knows what He's doing. When we get in them, keep our eyes on Him. Take us in them and successfully, hopefully, successfully for us, walking with the Lord, and then He takes us out of it. And we'll come out of the test with something more than we went in with. And I want to show you that. Turn to James chapter 1. Now, the book of James, James we know he, he's the brother of Jesus, and I, I think it's in John, it says something to this effect, which says that even his brothers did not believe in him. So James did not, he, he grew up with Jesus, saw Jesus every day. Now Jesus is moving in another way. He, they didn't believe in him. Now there's a change. Changing this man. And now he says, James, the bondservant, first one, bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. So he's talking to the Jews who were outside of the Palestine area that were dispersed. And he's writing to them. And the first thing James tells the churches, the, all of them, the first thing, this is you would say, James, say this or say that. Why don't you say something really encouraging? Well, he actually did. It depends on how you look at it. First thing he says, my brethren, verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. James, what are you saying that for? Count it all joy. See, he knew something. 
He knew something that some Christians don't know. Count it all joy. It doesn't mean you have to enjoy it. But so, so to speak, you have the blackboard there, you know, and you say, okay, well, let's try. Let's put it on the joy side here. Count it, count it, reckon it, count it over here. Count it all joy. When you fall in, when, when, not if, when you fall into various trials. Knowing, well, do we know? Do Christians know? Well, sometimes we don't know. He said, knowing, that means to, um, I didn't look it up, but I'm sure it's, um, it means to, to come to know, to get knowledge. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So, so the testing of our faith produces something. It's not, not in vain. It's not in vain. The testing of faith, James says, produces patience or endurance, whatever you want to say. Either one's fine. But let patience have its perfect work. See, that, that says that's something to me. I'm in the t test now. Stay there because something's going to be produced. Let patience have its perfect work. Don't try me, Alex, to get out of the test. Sometimes we can do things to get out of the test. You know, he talks in here about the rich rich. When a person is rich, sometimes they can insulate themselves from certain things. And they don't have to deal with certain things. But see, what happens is they don't understand. That's not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is that the test is going to produce something in the Christian's walk. But let patience have its perfect work. Where? In me. That you may be perfect or mature, that means mature, that you would develop. I would develop. That you may be perfect and complete. See, that, that God would bring a completion, lacking nothing. Whatever the Lord wants to produce in that test, if we wait on Him and stay there till He brings us out, He's going to produce patience or endurance, and there's going to be a work, a perfect work, whatever that may mean for the Christian. Whatever needs to be done in their heart in that. That's why God leads you into a test. That's why He brought me into certain tests. And you're there, you say, well, okay, what's going on? And you find out, you know, I have seen the Lord do certain things, bring certain people. For example, when I was working, he would bring, he brought this one individual to work with me, and he was the worst person I ever worked with. He was so difficult. He probably ran into people like that. Everything he said, he was contrary. Everything he tried to do, he was fighting. Constantly. And I worked with a man for like five years, and it was a test. I knew God was testing me to see if, if I could treat him right, show him the love of Christ, and not have an attitude. And so I went with, I was in this guy, I think maybe five years, and I said, then he, he bit out, he went somewhere else, I said, oh, Jesus, thanks. 
the heat's not on anymore, turned it. The next guy that took that job, 50 times worse. I would not believe All the years I worked with hundreds of people, have two people like this, and I said, okay, we're, whatever. He says, keep your heart right, treat them right, don't get angry with them. There were guys in the building that were literally going to take them back in the back room where they could see him, looking at feet on them. He said, that's how bad he was. Don't have an attitude toward him, and be a friend. I said, oh my goodness. Love your enemies. It's <laughs> mm. okay, Lord, whatever. So I endeavored to do every day when I went to work. Okay. Help me keep my attitude correct. Every day, every day, every day. Well, see, God will keep us in that, something like that, until certain things are done in us. And whenever faith is tested, it produces something. And you come out from these things in here. I mean, everybody looks at you, they think you're the same person. But in here, inside, in the inner man, the Lord has done this great work. I don't want to keep sharing stories, but sometimes the Lord does things in our life and we're not even aware of it. We're not aware of it until something comes. And I know the way I was before. In my, you know, my old man, the way I was. And even this younger Christian, you know, I, I won't take things off the people. And this guy walked by me, and he stood on my face, and as soon as he did that, I said, Lord, you are something. It's like, I, I was enjoying it. That sounds really weird. You know? And I didn't know that the Lord had done something in my heart before I would have lashed out. I was going to go, and it was fine. I was fine with it. But see, the point is that God will do things to test us. Whatever that may be in our life, it may not be some big thing. And by the way, we're not always in a test. You know, like somebody said, oh my goodness, I woke up late and I went in the kitchen and I was making coffee and stubbed my toe. And the, devil, the devil was really after me. I got out of my car and got out late and I got stuck in traffic and I got to work late, and boy, the, the, the devil was telling me, no, he wasn't. You just got up earlier. You've been fine. Yeah, so, we all will be tested. But the important thing is, you know, will we go through, will Christian, Christians go through the test and cooperate with the Lord, surrender to the Lord in this, so that he's able to work in our life. So that we come out successfully through the temptation, through the test, when we come out the other side with something that God deposits in our life. If something does not touch our heart, really touch our heart, it's not a test. Because a test will touch deep in us. And we'll know our heart is not touched, it's not the test. James 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, or the test. For when he is, the, the King James says, for when he is tried. New King James says, for when he has been approved. So that, that means that, blessed is the man who endures the test, 
goes through it, and when he's approved, he will receive the crown of life. He's going to receive something from the Lord. You see it in, in uh, Revelation 2.10, we read, crown of life. This is the only other place in the Bible that mentions the crown. Mentions crown, other types of crowns. But this is the crown of life. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life. That's initial salvation. And that ye might have it more abundantly. That's something further on. That's something greater than initial salvation. And here, the crown of life, I believe, is a quality of life that we receive by going through the tests the way the Lord wants, coming out, going through them successfully. When we come out, we have, I don't know how to say it, but we have uh, more of the life of God. And we have life, initial, a coming you might have life. But that you might have it more abundantly, greater life, something further, something more. And in order to do, I believe, what the Lord wants to do in believers, this is one of the means to, to do certain things, for example. There's other ways that God will, will put his character into a Christian. But by testing, definitely for sure, that's one of his ways. And I like the Lord because, and, and we didn't read this verse, but it says, if any of you lack wisdom, we may look at this next time. If you lack wisdom, let him ask from God. That doesn't mean ask wisdom about, you know, what's going to happen next week, or ask wisdom about Genesis chapter 1. No, this is setting. The setting for that verse is James. It's, the setting is testing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men Liberally, So if we ask, we're in the test of Lord, teach me, show me what's going on, help me. If we believe, we trust the Lord, He will begin to teach us, He will begin to open our eyes so that we see what is going on in our circumstances, in our life. And I believe that is very, very valuable because when we see what is going on, for example, the Lord trying to do a particular thing, then we'll be able to cooperate with him in that. Instead of my resisting him, I can say, okay, Lord, I surrender to you. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would surrender to you, and that, Lord, we would allow you to bring whatever it may be into our life. A test whether we would be tempted and you would be there to help us. I pray, Lord, that, that we would open up our hands to you and allow you to be Lord of our life. Lord, you know what's best. We do not many times. You know the way we should go many times we do not know. So we, we trust in you. We lay our life up to you, Lord. Say We lay it out and say, Lord, we are yours, and we want what you want, and we want our thoughts, Lord, to somehow, Lord, be like your thoughts. Yeah. We thank you that you care for your people, and you will not allow them to be tested above what they are able. I pray, Lord, that we would keep our eyes on you, 
and we would want to walk with you in the low place, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay.